Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be, cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, the cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want. You dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, his buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you, February 7th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Galen, the gang, all back to start your new week. We appreciate you listening, tuning in along on your Monday morning. Nick Roush, how are you? I'm very excited today, TJ. I've got a uh, unusual amount of pep in my step for this radio show. Just just so many exciting things to talk about. Can't wait. That's good to hear. That's uh that's what I, that's what I like to hear. That's the kind of pop you like to to hear to start a new week, a new radio show. A lot to get to a busy sports weekend. And it was a long weekend for Justin Kalen. Justin, how are you? It was a long weekend. I too am bringing a little bit of excitement because I got three days to absolutely do nothing which i haven't had that in so long so i'm a little energized i'm ready to go this week good did you use some of that free time to watch uh the three head coaches coach a game of course how'd that go it it uh think i appreciate you prodding me early get it over with um it, it did not go well you know you know that indiana is not on the same level as illinois or kofi for that matter so That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. Yeah, but Trace Jackson Davis, he's good, right? They picked up two fouls in the first five minutes of the game, so it was over. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Assembly Hall, never. Yep. Yeah. They would never get their best player in foul trouble. I don't I don't want to complain about the ref whistle, but uh yeah, not great on Saturday. Oh man. Hmm. <laughs> Is Indiana gonna make the tournament, Justin? Yes. Oh god, yeah. That yes. was a lot of confidence. Okay. Yeah, 100, 100% confidence, yes. It may be as like a 10 seed, but we'll we'll get there. You know, if you're a 10 seed, you can only really drop back to 11 and maybe like one or two teams to a 12. Yeah. It'll it'll happen. Trust me. I'd put my right. life on it. All oh, right. wow. Betting is life. We might have a live uh, execution on air. Great <laughs> for the ratings. A dead dingus. <laughs> That that is a that that I like that you're really up in the stakes here. About a month left, 
of the regular season and you're you're putting your life on the line. Absolutely. I, I didn't think we were going to have that type barring, of gauntlet thrown down here for the radio show, but I love it. Great for content, like Ralph said. Barring something tragic, Indiana gets to the tournament easy. Well, easy. 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 Okay. And if there is something tragic, then it's going to get even more tragic at the Big X because <laughs> Justin takes his life if the Hoosiers and their three head coaches don't make it to the big dance. Wow, you want to talk about Sabuka, the stakes. Uh, <laughs> things have really been turned up to 10 over at the Big X Sports Radio studio. Uh, I was going to mention that game at some point today, but Roush, you just went ahead and Dove right on in hey, with the with the I'm excited. Action. I, I told you, I'm I'm very excited today. Uh, betting against Louisville, uh, yeah, betting against Louisville against Syracuse was the easiest money uh, the these two hands have made since Bobby Petrino was on the sideline. Uh, we've got a bunch of uh, yokels down on Floyd Street, just really showing their ugly faces. But most importantly, we've got to talk about this Kentucky basketball team. Yeah, I mean, you're. You're sitting My there goodness. talking about easy money. That uh, Kentucky as an underdog on Saturday was easy money. <laughs> yeah. That, that, Holy that was, smokes. Yeah, yeah. I looked at that. I was like, what? Are we serious? Oh, there's, not, there's nothing like waking up on a Saturday morning because those lines typically come out pretty late on a Friday. And usually you're not. You know, that, that's not what's on my mind Friday at 7 o'clock at night is checking the line for the next day. There's usually other things going on. When you wake up and you see that it's a pick them. Or or an underdog? I mean, it's like, uh, okay, sure, but please, it, here's my money. I'll have lots more of it coming back here a few hours from now. That was that was such a great feeling. It, uh, I, I was surprised to see that. I was surprised to see the money coming in on Alabama. Um, I, I wouldn't have been totally shocked. I, I guess I guess that's the right word to use. I was a little surprised to see the line. But I wouldn't have been surprised to to see Alabama pull off a win. It's a team that has beaten a lot of really good teams that they've played this season. And even as recently as just a couple weeks ago, they they beat Baylor relatively easily. And then, of course, we, we know about their resume in other regards. And it's a team that's lost to some bad teams. So I guess I was a little surprised by the line, but I, I wouldn't have been totally surprised by any sort of outcome or I guess the majority of potential outcomes. Uh, I don't know if those two things contra contradict one another just right off the get-go, but I was surprised to see the money coming in on Alabama and not surprised to see Kentucky get out of there with a win. Uh, I wouldn't have expected Alabama to shoot the ball so poorly, but Roush, it gives us a new narrative to talk about. It gives us something else to discuss. Is this UK team... All of a sudden, good defensively. It has held some teams to some embarrassing shooting numbers. And while we've talked about it throughout the season that it's not one of John Calipari's better defensive teams, they don't have a rim protector. They don't – who is their lockdown guy can sharp help in that aspect. Slowly but surely, from a number standpoint, they're looking like one of the better defensive teams in the country. And then you, you see what they hold – some proud offenses and their shooting numbers. Saturday night was another one that they can, uh, another notch in the old belt, if you will, because Alabama could not hit Jack Diddley. That was a terrible, probably their worst shooting night on the season. Oh, I think that's safe to say. Alabama's three for 30 night 
behind the three-point line. Worst shooting night by a Power 5 team since uh, young Nick Roush was still playing hoops over at DeSales High School back in 2010. Been a long time since somebody shot that poorly. Um, and, and I think, you know, we, we talked about surprise, what we expected, what we didn't expect. This one had shootout written all over it, which is maybe maybe that should have been our, uh, you know, the the, te- the headlights flashing at us like, hey, it's probably going to go the other way. It's obviously going to be a shootout. So this is this is when it, it zigs when everybody else is zagging. It that it, it had a very uh, rough start. I think you would say it was it was just weird. Both teams looked like they were kind of like how uh, in Space Jam when the Monstars took the NBA players' powers and they just started like walking real goofy. Like that that's that's kind of how it felt at the beginning of the game, where guys were inexplicably just dropping the ball or. There was loose balls over the floor. I think Alabama got the first five rebounds. You're like, wait, why is Alabama getting rebounds? What is going on here? And once Kentucky settled down, they were never humming at that at, at how we've seen this engine hum offensively throughout the season. But they did figure out how to have success uh, by by forcing Alabama to take bad shots and by just keeping the game at a high pace and getting up and down the court. Uh, and stealing some 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 easy buckets. It was one of those other games too, TJ, where we got that that big time spark uh, from a guy off the bench. And this time it was Davion Mitz. He hits a three, um, something else. I think Sheboy scored, and then uh, Davion gets the the breakaway dunk that kind of like says, "Okay, Kentucky's here to play." And pretty much from that moment forward, it, it wasn't like a uh, we're running away with this victory. We're clearly ahead. But at that point, Kentucky took control of the game and just plotted through and, and kind of grinded out a real gritty win on the road at Coleman Coliseum. Yeah, it was a buffer game. Kentucky kind of had that eight, seven-point margin, nine-point margin for most of that second half where the game really wasn't in jeopardy, but you you, you wanted to still play it out. You wanted to, to not just completely take your foot off the gas. But Kentucky's still able to get a double-digit win on the road, again, against a team that has beaten a lot of good teams. It's one of the most confusing resumes in all of college basketball. But the point is, a lot of teams that Kentucky's in the conversation with for top seeds, new AP poll comes out today. You'd imagine Kentucky's going to be fourth with UCLA not having a good week whatsoever. They had an 0-2 week. So you imagine Kentucky State was like I saw their record. It's I think that was just their tenth win. Joel Justice, not, I get, he gets one highlight this year at Arizona State, but man, rough. Yeah, rough that year. was a big one. That was a big one for him. Yeah, it's a bad loss for UCLA. And you have to remember, and I said this at the beginning of the season, back in the in the fall, that this was a UCLA team that should have lost in the first four to Michigan State. Michigan State had them at halftime. It looked like it was going to be an easy win. And then UCLA stormed back, and not only did they win that game, they won several more to make it to the Final Four. I said, don't be surprised if they take a little bit of a step back. I still think they're a good team. Uh, I would be surprised if they didn't make the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. But but don't, don't be surprised that they're slipping up a little bit because they were thought to be a very average basketball team before their March run. And... Uh, they are pretty much that team again, but uh, just uh, so Kentucky should be moving up a spot. And 
to it make any team. I don't care if it's a power five or if it's one of your cupcakes that you're playing in November to hold a team to 28% shooting. And then a team that's so reliant on the three point ball that you hold them to 10% from deep. That's why that, that's wild. I, I mean, even if that is bad shooting night, poor shooting night, everything was off. Some of that, even for the biggest haters and losers, you'd have to chalk a little bit of that up to, to defense. And Kentucky deserves some some credit for the defense that they played. Um, no, they they had some, you know Alabama did have some open looks. It always makes it an easier night for an opposing team if the open looks don't fall either. But a lot of that was contested, Roush. A lot of the times, Kentucky did a great job in the in the pick and roll. Alabama tried to do some of the stuff that Auburn did that had success against Kentucky. UK did a much better job against it. I think part of that's also is you don't have the same players that Auburn has to execute that pick and roll to the rim. And then Kentucky defended that well, but they also stayed out on their man on the perimeter. And uh, pretty pretty good defensive integrity throughout the game. No major breakdowns. And even when Kentucky was trying to play fast and speed up Alabama, which they were able to do, they didn't get lost on defense. That's been an issue for this Kentucky team at times. So while it was a bad shooting night for Alabama, and, and I'm sure there's some Alabama fans that say, oh, I wish we could get them again and not shoot so poorly. Yeah, I'm sure if Kentucky and Alabama play in the SEC tournament, Alabama won't shoot 28% and won't shoot 10% from deep. Even still, I saw enough just to know Kentucky, uh, a far superior basketball team. So if they do meet again and Alabama does shoot a little bit better, I'm not so worried about it. This was a game where Kentucky, it was ugly for UK as well. It's not like Kentucky had their best shooting performance uh, of the mm -hmm. season. Some of your usual suspects didn't do the – the things that you anticipated or you expected. Severe Wheeler hasn't hit a shot in years. Uh, Washington, I think, hit his first three, they said, since the middle of January, if I'm not mistaken. So he had gone a few weeks without hitting uh, a three-point ball, or at least that's what they said on either the radio broadcast or one of those things. So, Roush, what do good teams do in these situations? Other guys step up. It wasn't even Oscar's best shooting night. He was missing nope. everything inside. He was missing dunks. Uh, so you have to go find some other folks. You had mentioned Davion Mintz. Even Mintz didn't shoot all that well from no, from outside. No. Uh, but he did a nice thing, a few nice things. But in very limited minutes, how about Damian Collins? Oh man, how about Damian Collins? Shout out to uh, Lance Ware with all time tweet after the game. How about Damian? Uh, <laughs> it was great, and the the best part of it all was that uh, you know my friends they like to 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 kid and prod and and just call me Fade Fade Roush. Uh, he's always jinx and everything. I was in just completed a conversation where one of my friends is just ragging on Lance, and I'm like, no, dude, Lance is great. He's like, no, his athleticism is a liability. We need to be playing Damian Collins. It's like, Damian Collins? He hasn't even played. How would you know that Damian's going to be better? He's not cracking the rotation. And, I mean, I I'm not kidding you, TJ. It was almost as soon as I hit the last send on all of my trash-talking Damian Collins, like, no, blah, 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 he's not, but he comes in and just like catches a lob instantly, insane lob. And then just eight minutes, 10 points, six boards, 
Six of six from the free throw line. He had a plus, he was plus 13 on the night. He was incredible. And I could not have been more wrong. It really was a classic Roush foot and mouth situation. It's funny. I've, I've got a friend that is in, uh, doesn't like hang around for the Kentucky games a ton, uh, but we'll see him from time to time. And I had the pleasure of getting to see him twice in one week. And not not both for Kentucky games, but did get to see him on Saturday. And when I saw him earlier in the week, we were just talking college basketball, and just out of the blue, just like, "Is Damien Collins? Is he? Is what is? What's wrong with him?" Blah blah blah. And just you know, uh, Kentucky's got Oscar. They've got Brooks and Toppin. So he's just kind of the odd man out there. And seems like even Calipari maybe even prefers Hopkins first before even going to Collins. So it's just he's kind of cast tight in his rotation and he's he, he's he's not in it unfortunately. Oh, and yeah. I you know and I would always and I said I said back this week and I've said it to other people when talking about Damian Collins. I hope he sticks around. I hope that Kentucky gets him back. I think he's got a lot of potential and uh, all those things remain true. I hope he does come back. He does have a ton of potential. You just saw a little bit of a flash of it from Saturday. And getting to see my buddy again on Saturday, he, he I don't know if he had forgotten we had just talked about Damien Collins a few days before, but he brought up Damien Collins again. And he was like, do you think Damien Collins is going to play tonight? And I was like, no, I don't think so. He's... <laughs> We just talked about this. He's fallen out of the rotation. Uh, there's just a few guys ahead of him that can do some different things and are further along, blah, blah, blah. Gave the same answer. Sure enough, boom. Damian Collins has his best career game as a Wildcat. I would have guaranteed that it was more than nine minutes because it felt like you looked up every time and he was out there doing something good. Uh, but no, it was in very limited time. But... I was most impressed with the free throws, to be honest with you. I know he's a freak. I know he can do some of those. Uh, he he should be good in a pick and roll like that. He should be able to defend as well. And and you know if if Auburn wants to do the pick and roll and Oscar can't figure it out, well, all right, well maybe we feel like we you feel like Damian Collins can do some good things. But he made the most of his minutes. And again, to be able to step up to the line as many times as he did. Sometimes you see officials call these fouls and. I don't, I'm not saying they do it intentionally. I certainly wouldn't be surprised if they do, where it's like, all right, we're going to call this little touch foul. It's on a player that we don't really care so much if they get in foul trouble. And it's on a free throw shooter who, you know, we don't know if he'll make it or, or miss him. But if he misses him, then really no harm, no foul. A foul went against a player that we don't care about, a player that we don't really know if he's a threat to hit the free throws, will be going to the line. And this is an easy way to kind of work the foul count in our favor without really penalizing anybody. Well, Colin said some galaxy brain stuff right there. Uh, oh, I, I think it happens all the time. I think Lance Ware is a benefit from it too. Lance Ware seems to get a bad whistle when defending, but if he is getting a rebound about eighty six feet away from the basket he can pick up really cheap fouls it's a it's a beautiful trait from Lance Ware it really is special when the other team's in the bonus too so then he gets to walk those 86 feet to the free throw line and usually brick uh, miss the front end of the one and one and then it basically is as good as a turnover and it goes back to the other team but Colin stepped up he knocked him down made it look easy and then did a few other nice things offensively game changer Roush not to not to get too 
too emotional or to overreact. This isn't the hyperbole. Yeah, you know that. You know that about this radio show, Kentucky Roll Call, not the hyperbole. But if you get that, if you can just get anything from Collins, it already makes a pretty versatile team. A whole different dynamic is added to the fold. And that's, that's pretty crazy to think about. There's your shot blocker. There's your rim protector. Yeah, you got Oscar that can get every rebound under the sun. But how about Damian Collins that maybe can get the rebounds, but just like Toppin, he could possibly just slam them back in too, or he can tip them around. And and if he can get some confidence, and Collins, I'm not saying you're going to see him chew up 25 minutes a game, but if he can go in there for 10, 15 minutes, a couple stretches, give some of the other front court players a break, then it really does add something different to this team, Roush. And I'm not expecting this to be this new secret weapon going forward. But if you can just get anything similar to the valuable minutes he provided, this team just becomes so much more difficult. Because good teams, national championship teams, you can go across the roster and say, well, if it's not working for this player, this guy will step up. All right, if he has an off-shooting night, then you can at least count on this person to do some good things. And you're going across the board. Wheeler continues to not be able to score, period. Washington has been just a little bit off since coming back from his injury. You're still seeing other guys step up in the backcourt. And Roush, now you're getting guys stepping up in the front court. It's a pretty darn complete basketball yeah. team, if you ask me. And, and you made a lot of good points there. The the biggest thing I think that the key to his success is they aren't asking him to do a whole lot. It's hey, catch some lobs, uh, be there as a rim protector, and make your free throws. You know, like that. That's that's not a whole lot. Now, uh, sometimes the the being the rim protector, um, it, it it takes precedence over just blocking out his man. There was a couple instances where they gave up, like at least one where I was like. Oh, his guy's just standing there getting easy put back. But that's what that's the price you pay when you want a guy to help off ball to block shot. But I think that what made it the most surprising, though, is what you pointed out, TJ. This is the part part of the year where Cal really tightens up that lineup. It's it's eight guys tops. He doesn't like to to get too crazy with it. And and also, this is a, a kind of a difficult road environment where. Yeah, I mean, Collins hadn't played more than five. He played more than five minutes in only two previous SEC games. This just didn't feel like the spot, but they needed the length. He had it. He provided it, and he didn't flinch when he got his opportunity. And I, I as much as I love to talk about Aaron Harrison's free throws, it's kind of like the Marcus Lee, his opportunities when he got his number called in the NCAA tournament. It was obviously different circumstances with an injury, and I think Collins has much more upward potential than Marcus Lee did. But, man, to be able to have this, I, I don't think you're going to be guaranteed to have it. You know, I, as you said, this isn't going to be, a, a I don't think, a night-in, night-out thing where he's just unstoppable, seemingly, because this guy was supposed to be sitting on the bench, and now he's coming in. Ten points in that short amount of time, incredible. Absolutely incredible. He's got a nice role, just, hey, Dunk, get your free throws, and, and keep moving forward. And it just – you mentioned the versatility of it. This team, they can beat you 95 to 90. They can beat you playing low-scoring games. They can use it in a bunch of different ways. As Chin Coleman said last week, you can't just put two guys on the scouting report, and you've got to put everybody on there. It's This team is really 
showing me everything I want to see in the lead up to March Madness. And I just, I'm ecstatic. I'm so happy as a Kentucky fan. It, it wasn't the most beautiful, like, it, it was much different story than the Kansas win. But, man, it, it it checked some necessary boxes you need to have success in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I, I'm right. well said, right there with you with all of it. The, the Kansas one was the bright lights, college game day, and Kentucky was obviously wide awake for whatever Kansas was going to throw at them, and Kansas didn't have an answer for any of, of Kentucky's punches. They knocked Kansas down on their butt early on, and the Jayhawks didn't really do anything about it. Uh, this was another t- tough road atmosphere. Again, a team that has beaten Gonzaga, and they have beaten Baylor, and uh, good good basketball team, this Alabama one. But it was not last Saturday. It really wasn't the Saturday against Auburn because that was a top-five opponent. But this atmosphere, just as good as those atmospheres, but you didn't have the the number next to Alabama's name. You could see Kentucky, while being up for the game, when you got down 9-1, to one, Roush, when shots weren't falling and just nobody really – when you looked at Washington to get it going, he he wasn't doing it. Wheeler was having success finding open men, but he wasn't going to be able to do the scoring himself. Uh, Mintz did okay, but uh, and and Grady hit some threes there in the first half. You you wanted to just have somebody kind of take take the lead. Nobody was doing it offensively, so what do they do? They just lock in defensively. All right, that's fine. If this is going to be one of our rough games from an offensive standpoint, then we just won't let Alabama. Uh, score simply enough they just won't let them score and they did it held them under 60 points in their home gym again a team that just wants to live by the three well they died by it on I don't know if that's grammatically correct but uh, they ceased living from the perimeter on on Saturday you got to give Kentucky credit Uh, every game you see this Kentucky team play you can see them growing up a little bit and and Saturday makes me a little bit it feels a little bit better about uh, Kentucky's maybe road game at a similar place like Arkansas or Florida, where Alabama should be a tournament team, Arkansas and Florida. Florida's probably more so on the bubble, but those are most likely tournament teams, and Kentucky has road games at those gyms. Uh, those are not going to be ones where you're playing a top 10 team and it's easy to get motivated and it's great for the resume and it's great for the record. But those wins are great. It it helps you kind of keep pace with the seed line. It doesn't have to bump you down at all. And and Kentucky's remaining road games are at South Carolina on Tuesday, mm-hmm. then the following Tuesday at Tennessee, and then they'll get uh, two more Saturday road games on February 26 at Arkansas and then at Florida on senior day to close out the year. Uh, the regular season, I should say, on March 5th. So I'm not worried about South Carolina, Roush. That's a game that Kentucky should win regardless of where it's at. But if this one on Saturday makes you feel better for that game, then that's all Then that's all fine and dandy. We're happy to hear that. Uh, at Tennessee, I'm not. that's a 9 o'clock Tuesday night game. Kentucky could lose that one, Roush, but I'm not going to worry about them being ready for that game. You know they're going to be pumped up. They know it's a return game. It's Knoxville. It's a rivalry. So they'll be up for that game. If they end up losing, they end up losing. If not, whatever. But I think the tricky ones are that Arkansas and those Florida games. And just seeing Kentucky not really have things go their way 
on Saturday, Roush, but still be able to find different ways to win, different ways to pester and bother Alabama. It does make me feel better for that Arkansas game and Florida game. I know those are two random ones to pick out of the bunch, but you, I don't think Kentucky's losing a home game, Roush. So, and I don't think they're losing to South Carolina. Tennessee game, like I said, that could be a toss-up. I think the other two toss-up games are at Arkansas and at Florida. And I feel in that Florida, that may be generous to them. They should be able to win that one on the road in Gainesville. But if you're only talking about maybe one more loss on the schedule in the regular season, at worst, potentially two, and I know we're getting our chickens counted well before they hatch, then you really are talking about a two-seed most likely. If you only lose one or you lose none, then a one seed's in the possibility. And this stuff matters, Roush, because if you're one or two seed, most likely geography, they're going to be playing to you a little bit, at least for that first and second round. If Kentucky can be playing in Indianapolis, that could be a big deal. That could help you get to the Sweet 16. And then if you're a one seed, if you finish this year out strong enough, then you're potentially getting your your geography benefit, which in this case would be Chicago, which I think Kentucky would get a lot of fans in Chicago. So I think that'd be a big deal. Um, you know, getting getting way ahead of ourselves, but I thought that win was important. It wasn't. It just mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't come easy for UK either. While people are going to point to how bad Alabama shooting numbers were and how poorly they played, that's true. And you got to give some credit to Kentucky defensively. But Kentucky also didn't have their best offensive night. They still go on a road and get a double digit win. Roush, man, man, just and. and- I, I know that it seems uh, trivial to highlight, like, man, those road games against those average teams. I don't, I'm not worried about them anymore. I, I, it's it's not though, because those are the kind of games that even Final Four teams have slipped up against. Like, how many times did that Brandon Knight team go on the road and lose to you know a very mediocre Ole Miss team? You know, like, and and it was once. But th- those kind of games. <laughs> but like that, 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 I think your your overall sentiment is is we're um, we're getting the uh, to put it in nerd talk we're getting the fourth uh, infinity stone in the gauntlet and I don't know what the fifth one is to really just like super punch the universe and snap a finger in your national champion maybe they've they've got it and we just don't know it but gosh this ah I'm just I'm just so happy because grinding out difficult wins is necessary in the tournament because there's going to be games like that Vanderbilt one where uh, a, a ton of fouls are called and it just get, you know it gets mucked up. You got to find ways to win. Um, hell, Vandy upset LSU because LSU just slipped up. I mean, they weren't playing good defense. Scotty Pippen went off. You have to be able – you have to be very uh, fluid. You have to be very agile. You have to be able to adapt to whatever the settings are. Kentucky proved that Saturday night in Tuscaloosa. They did, and they, they've now, you know, they, they've won games ugly. I know that um, this one was a little bit different. It was nice to see Colin step up. But even going back to after they just annihilated Tennessee on that home Saturday game at Rupp Arena, they go on the road to College Station. They get a comfortable win against A&M. But, it, it, you know, that was just your classic SEC road game, which we're not really – Totally done with that. They go to Auburn. They're not healthy. They lose. All right, that's fine. You can kind of throw that one out. You have that Mississippi State game. Still not 100% healthy, but that was a good lesson and kind of took just completely was – fell asleep in the second half. Allowed Mississippi State to kind of come back. 
Uh, Mississippi State had all the momentum, but I still like the fact that in that extra frame with Mississippi State having the, all the momentum, they gave up one field goal, Kentucky wins. All right, they get back to being healthy. They play Kansas, and that's just a complete and absolute total domination. Then they host Vanderbilt, kind of the same story, kind of sleepy game. They have no answer for Stackhouse, but they do a good enough job to slow everybody else down. You're not sweating that one out at the end, but it wasn't your prettiest game. And then the ugliness somewhat continues, but again, you take pride in your defense on the road at Alabama. This team can do it, as Roush mentioned, in several different ways. I like it best when the offense is clicking and it looks really pretty. That's fine. If that doesn't happen, it's at least good to know you can do it some other ways. It, you can you can win a game without Wheeler, without Wheeler playing well, uh, or at least without shooting well. You can win a game without Washington. You can win a game without Washington playing well. You can go down the list and do this for so many different players. That's impressive. That's the sign of a good team. And those that's the thing you want in March. It's the hardest tournament to win in all of sports, and it's because it's the most random. But the more versatile you are, the more you allow yourself, all right, well, if so-and-so has a bad night, we're toast. Not Kentucky, not this team. Let's go to a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more about it. We'll get to the Thornton's text line as well. Popeye Thornton's on your way into the office. Start your week off right. Get yourself some donuts, some hot coffee. It's cold out there. That'll get you fueled up and ready for your day. We love our friends at Thornton's. You will as well. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. I just want to lie on the beach and eat hot dogs. That's all I've ever wanted. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM. AM, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen on your Monday morning. Text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Best way to get in touch with the show. Always good hearing from you all as well. You text it in, we read it on air here on Kentucky Roll Call. Fun first segment, talking Kentucky's win against Alabama on the road in Tuscaloosa. We'll talk more about this game, I'm sure. We'll read text about it as well. But not the only sports going on throughout the throughout the bluegrass this weekend roush no no not the only sports going on throughout the weekend i'm curious though which ones you're referring to well uvl we already mentioned iu i know that's not necessarily the bluegrass but they lose at home justin not Mm -hmm. happy about it totally panicked unsure if he's even watching a tournament team up to this point Uh, hey so quick quick update i looked at our schedule at worst, Indiana goes into the tournament with 11 losses. At worst. Oh, that sounds, sounds bubblicious to me. Yeah. yeah. Like, really chew down on that gum, too. You make some big bubbles of how bubbly that bubblicious <laughs> is. Let's – let me let me pull up. Let me see if I can get IU schedule pulled up here. They've got six losses right now. Okay, hold on. Well, we know they're not going to win in the Big Ten tournament. That's – no. 
Yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the losses I'm accounting for. They're 10 seed right now by Shelby Mass. That does, five losses, that's not a whole lot of wiggle room there. Yeah, but there's there's some decent wins in there as well. You got some decent road wins. We're going to beat Northwestern tomorrow at Northwestern. That's a decent road win. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what, what happens when Purdue just runs you out of the gym? That's definitely going to happen. Mm-hmm. I just I can't pull up IU schedule for the life of me. So we got to play at Michigan State still. That's a loss. Yeah, uh, yeah we yeah. got to play at Purdue. That's another loss. Everyone else well, on you the play Rutgers at home. We play, play Maryland at, at home. We play at Ohio State as well. So that's, that's, that's a loss. Potential loss as well. You, you have to beat Wisconsin at home. That is a must yes, win. I agree. That, I that agree. is like our let's punch. If we win this game, we're probably going to be in the NCAA tournament. So if, you, you have to win that one. If they do not beat Wisconsin, I start to worry a little bit for my life. <laughs> Literally. Well, I was going to do a fun go down the schedule sort of deal, but sounds like a lot of losses. Take your word for it. Uh, that's all right. Maybe you all could be joining Louisville, not making the postseason. Uh, L goes on the road, Roush. Mm-hmm. They go to Syracuse. You could see that one coming from a mile away. L plays tough, gritty basketball against the Carolina schools at home. Good atmospheres with the interim head coach. But then their first game on the road could totally see the wheels falling off. That's what happens. Syracuse pummels them. I don't think any L fan was too bothered, worked up, mad about the game. They've, they're all just totally numb to sports, all of college athletics, but certainly this basketball season. And that's sad to some degree. Uh, just nobody wearing red and white cares about basketball. And that's, yeah. all right. that's all right. That does happen. But, Roush, I think the entertainment just continues to come from this Tom Jurich stuff. Oh, I, I was going to say the the football stuff. They're a football school now. That's where I get a lot of my entertainment, too. They, they're – they're buying the bull crap that Scott Satterfield's selling, and I just I think it's hilarious. Uh, man, yeah, I saw you have a big, uh, I saw you have a big thing on that. Uh, but did you see there's there's more there's more push for for Tom Jurich to be back at U of L. Why? Did, oh, so you didn't he's not going to fix things. You didn't see this news. Uh, there, it was going to be a. You're, you're going to have several people basically tweet out something verbatim at 8 today. And I don't know if this has been scrapped because um, word, has got got, word has gotten out, but it was just going to basically be a bunch of different people tweeting out, the legend who built U of all athletics into the giant it is today is indeed wanting to finish what he started by returning to U of L. We have a chance to bring back one of the best ADs in the history of all of college athletics, UofL, <laughs> Physical Therapy Board of Trustees, do the right thing, hashtag bring Jurich home. So <sighs> Why do they put him on such a pedestal? My God. He's a freaking administrator. They're, they're not like it's not just one of a kind. You can't, it's not like you can't find another one out there. The guy who replaced him was somebody who's never been in athletics administration. You can get somebody else to do that. It's, he hired Rick Patino, like a Hall of Fame coach who had already won a national championship. 
And Louisville had success? What a surprise. I guess this isn't freaking neurosurgery over here. There's not only one person that knows how to do this. You idiots. You're all idiots. My God, I know things are bad, but that, that just doesn't, doesn't mean you have to go back to the same. No, you just turn a new leaf over. You're never going to be able to move on if you just keep doing the same stupid things all over again. Yeah, I, I would just expect that because I'm sure that these people are um, – Probably influential, wealthy, uh, older folks who are, are have, can wield a little bit of power. This isn't just Johnny uh, Johnny U of L fan. Okay, the fact that they can't see through their own dumb lens, like it, that is that is shocking to me. That just shows you too how brainwashed he got this entire city, and that's probably what's most impressive is just how his ability to brainwash an entire city to thinking he's the only person that can run an athletics department. As with everything that's wild for this city that just we deem as normal just because we're so we're so used to hearing crazy thing after crazy thing. This one is this one adds a whole different interesting dynamic and layer that we haven't had before. And similar to our conversation with the Kentucky Alabama game, it's like this team is so versatile. Uh, this the U of L scandals and drama and gossip. This one incredibly versatile as well because Roush, you you, <laughs> you have U of L fanboy media basically saying similar to what you're saying that like you all this is ridiculous. No, we shouldn't bring him back. We shouldn't want to bring him back. It's not a good look. Yes, he did some nice things while he was here, but for the love of Pete. Just move on. Let's all just forget about this. Except they're just getting crushed. Like the the will of the people, Roush. The what the fans want is carrying the day that people aren't even listening to the radio host or the bloggers or wow. the message board folks. And they're just saying, We we don't care. We don't care what you think. We don't care if you don't have a good personal relationship with Tom George. A lot of people are just accusing the people that don't want them. Uh, there's, they're saying that Tom's just going to bully those people and that's why they don't want them. So there is just a sense of intimidation and bullying going on throughout the town. It is just, it feels like an episode or a movie of Batman, a different storyline of Batman. Uh, everybody seemed, I don't know if Tom George is Bane in this instance, but the people want them. The people need them. People are trying to speak sense into the whole ordeal, Roush. And I'm just, I'm on team chaos. I'm rooting for the most chaotic outcome. If that means Jurich is brought back in and then he just makes a list of people that have ever said anything bad about him over the last three years, uh, that's going to be entertaining to watch and see how all that unfolds. I think maybe we would be safe because, you know, we fall under a different umbrella than the strong arm Tom Jurich's re regime would would uh, run if he's back in charge, but it's fascinating. Uh, I don't know if we'll see the social media push here in 10 minutes or so, but I'm hoping we do. But I do think you probably have this board, and there's some of the old members back on the board, Roush. There's some new members on the board. I think you're going to have some people on this board that may, or, that may just say, well, why don't we look at this? Why don't we see if he's interested? Uh, maybe, you know, we bring him back and, Boom, just like that, athletics, uh, this big issue in the city. Maybe we, maybe this is our get-out-of-jail-free card. They're, they, I think they are going to legitimately entertain 
to see if the juice is worth the squeeze here. You and I, of course, know that it's absolutely not and that it wouldn't work and it would be a disaster. But you know what, Roush? They 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 didn't learn from the Bobby Petrino 2.0 experiment. Uh, they they don't seem to to understand that they're in these this situation because of Tom George. They're not in this situation because he's gone. And they're no, just. Oh, that's the funniest part about they're all helpless. This. They don't realize that like he, that, that he is mostly responsible. I mean, what, what the buyouts that he gave? If these guys. Well, I guess not Chris Mack, but Petrino, they're still in deep water because of it. The basketball program is still in deep water because he wouldn't just nip it in the bud and get it over with. Instead, they had 17 more scandals to go along with. It's, it's, oh my gosh, they're just idiots. So many idiots. Like, I really thought, I, I thought when we were going to dunk on UofL today, it was all because Satterfield brought a bottle of bourbon to the hyperbole and now all of a sudden he's God again. I, I thought that was going to be our way of making fun of him, but no, they're actually that they're the smart people in the room. They can be bought with half-assed bourbon that uh, angels envy is, is it, it's what bourbon people who don't drink bourbon think is good bourbon. It's not like it, it's, it's, it, it tastes like wine. Like it's not, no, stop. That is just I just I'm so shocked that they're the smart ones in the room now. I mean, this is oh gosh, Louisville, what are you doing, Nick? I'm gonna have to remember that line at the bar. I'll tell people who don't aren't really bourbon drinkers that oh, you might like Angels Envy. It's not for really for bourbon drinkers. Yeah, they, they they age it in wine, so it it doesn't it, it's not real bourbon. Like I, I feel it. like we're gonna get some we're gonna get a bourbon fight on the Thornton's text <laughs> line, or people are gonna get mad at Roush for saying that about Angels Envy. Uh, that that is a classic move. I can't believe it took Scott's Todd so long for him to realize that if he can just give gifts to media members, that they will love him forever. They will just take him whenever asked about anything difficult. So why? What, how come how come this when, when they actually they did call him out some of that interview they asked him the difficult questions hey why were you so bad in your close games uh <laughs> well you know we got to make some kicks uh well, that was the one time he didn't use COVID as an excuse so instead he just used the same excuses that that media member made and was like I'm just going to give him exactly what he said it's like what oh man it was a, a master class in butt kissing by Scott Satterfield. Well, to bring it full circle, you got to remember some some media members were guests in Tom Jurich's hot tub after they won the Orange Bowl against Wake Forest. <laughs> and that's smoking cigars, drinking bourbon, and just like six or seven dudes in Tom Jurich's hot tub all toasting and having a, a great time. Yeah, they're they're easy to get on board. You just got to make them feel important. You got to make them feel like that they're running around with some money, which is a big deal for them. And when push comes to shove, Roush, just even a simple bottle of bourbon can can go a long way. Good for Satterfield for finally understanding it. Going a long way. I mean, my God, Mac would still be head coach if he had just done the same. Just like in (laughs) January when things start, like after the. After the, the DePaul loss, because he wasn't around for Furman. After the DePaul loss, you go in the next day, you give everybody some bourbon. You say a truckload of more lights. You you say, yeah, you say shucks and gee golly a bunch. And then you mention that you – I loved I loved Satterfield's quote on UK 
oh, geez, I, we, there's nothing more than we'd love to beat those guys. Biggest game on the schedule. Shucks. Gee golly. I, I, I'd hate to see <laughs> what happens. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd hate to see what happens when that game doesn't mean anything to you, Satterfield. If that's you trying in the game and those are the results we get, then I'd hate to see if this game ends up being unimportant to you because – uh, gee golly, buddy, shucks. You're on the wrong end of that scoreboard in a big, big way. But, yeah, Roush, I knew you you had a lot to say about that. And the the best part of it all, too, was uh, was whenever he – I mean, he just continually made COVID his excuse for why, like, they were doing poorly in recruiting. Um, and it's like, dude, everybody's dealing with COVID. You are not the only program that is de- – Every single college football program in America had to deal with COVID. That shouldn't stop you from doing your job. It it can't. You get paid millions of dollars to do it. Like it was. Oh man, hell, Scott. It, the, the the best part about it though is is that they're going to eat this up. They're falling for it, and and partially because they they have no other choice, right? They just kind of Wolverine fans have to accept that Satterfield's going to be their coach. He's the only guy that's still standing out of everybody over there. So, you know what? They're just going along with it. They're going to get their hopes up. They're going to win some games with Malik Cunningham. And then Kentucky's just going to smash them by 100 points again. It's going to be it's going to be so much fun. So much fun to watch. You are, and that is, if we get into the weeds of it, like on the one hand, I don't blame Louisville fans for getting excited about the recruiting and – uh, what else do you, it's, you know, it was January. Now it's February. Those are how months work, but now it's February. It's like, what else, are you really just going to be pessimistic and moody and downtrodden about a football season that's seven or eight months away? No, to like some degree, you got to kind of get yourself excited, but I do think you can do it with the caveat of like, well, I still wish that things were different in the off season, but if they aren't, then maybe there's seven ACC wins here. Maybe this could be an eight or nine win team if the ball bounces our way. I don't blame folks for getting excited when you don't really have any other choice at this juncture, but I almost do wish people would continue with the caveat of like, but just so folks know, I still don't think this is going to work out long term uh, because I don't think it's going to, Roush. Uh, even even had my wife be like, yeah, I'm happy that we're recruiting well, but is this just going to be like a reason that if, things are just mediocre again that he's gonna yeah yeah, like hey he gets the coaches recruits i was like yeah maybe potentially um but we'll we'll see i don't so on the one hand i don't blame them for trying to get excited about something because that's what fans do ultimately at the end of the day but on the flip side you fall you've fallen for the football trick a time or two charlie brown Mm -hmm. you just I'd be careful here because it, it seems like you're going to fall for it yet again. All right. Hour one done. Let's get to this text line in hour number two. Uh, we've got a few. We got to talk some UK football news as well. We'll talk more basketball, I'm sure. A lot to get to on today's Kentucky Roll Call. Hour two coming right up. Don't go anywhere. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. Over. 
You say over? I ain't heard no family. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen here on your Monday morning. Appreciate you spending it with us. KRC goes 7 to 9 Monday through Friday and replay of the show 9 to 11. And you can listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, anytime, any place. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. And if you ever need any other ways to listen to the show, just reach out to us and we'll be sure to do that. Roush, don't have to worry about Liam Cohen going to Miami because Miami looks like they're going to be hiring Michigan's offensive coordinator. Harbaugh stayed put at Michigan. That's uh, I don't know if that's news that happened on Friday or if it was all over the weekend or not, but worth mentioning. Um, doesn't look like we have to worry about did something happen with the – there was some coaching news over the weekend. What else am I missing here? You're missing the O-line coach that got hired, Zach Yenzer. Well, yeah, but I, I thought the the Rams OC went to – somebody was worried about the San Francisco OC job with Cohen. I still wouldn't worry about it. I still wouldn't worry mm, about it. Uh, oh. I, I... I mean, do worry, do worry, worry about it. It's, it's Kyle Shanahan. He loves Kyle Shanahan. He just hired Kyle Shanahan's coach. So be <laughs> be, be worried. I mean, I, I, I still think that kind of a two-year deal um, with him, like I, I think that might outweigh it. But he he does love him some Kyle Shanahan. So, um, and I'm actually less worried about the Rams now. I, just because McVay always promotes it from within. So, Okay. All Slightly right. worried about San Francisco, but I mean, not entirely. I'm I'm surprised Gaddis dipped to go to Miami. That that's a, I mean, I guess he kind of saw the writing on the wall. But man, that's a huge loss for Michigan. Well, he had a pretty a, a statement that's making the rounds today, and a in his text to his players, basically just said, "I'm not wanted here. I'm going somewhere where I'm valued." Um, you know, that's wow. a lesson. Yeah. It, <laughs> he basically it, saved him last year. Wow. That's, it, but good for him, though, because he was very criticized. He had a big time goal up in year three, uh, got him to the playoff in large part thanks to him, uh, his efforts. And now he's going to play for Mike McDaniel down, or not play, but coach for Mike McDaniel down in Miami. Uh, I also appreciate that uh, Mike McDaniel, who looks very white, is. He's a multiracial hire. He, I mean, he's biracial, but he just doesn't look that way. So everybody is uh, online is kind of like like it, it's very it's a very odd thing where <laughs> he's the son of a black man and a white woman, but he's very fair skinned, and now people are just judging. Like, wait, you can't say this guy's black. He's not black, but it's like, well. But yeah, he technically is. It's, it's a very odd dynamic we're in right now, especially with Flores being on. That was his previous job, and now he is suing the NFL for its racially hiring practices. Just a real odd dynamic. That's why you will tend to look like a goober if you care about the color of somebody's skin in relation to really anything in life. Uh, so that's 
people that want to have to deal with that are the people that deserve to have to deal with that. Uh, yeah, and the text message to Mich- to Michigan players, Gaddis said, unfortunately, the past few weeks has told a different story to me about how the very little appreciation I have here from the administration and life, I would never advise anyone to be where they're not wanted. <laughs> Suck it, Michigan men. Oh, man. Gosh. The pompousness, the arrogance there. Turns out it's not appreciated by the coach that single-handedly but played a significant role in finally getting you to the college football playoff. Just suck at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Bunch of losers. No, suck it to Miami, though. You didn't get Liam Cohen. You acted like yeah. you didn't want him. You acted like you could get him if you did want him. Uh, regardless, you're, you're goobers, Miami. So just <laughs> need to, to get that out there. All right, what do we know about this offensive line coach, Roush? Well, he has happened ton- quickly. Yes, yes. I think they wanted to get it wrapped up within that last week. And my read on the situation is it, it seemed like you had you had two options here. You had uh, Walt Wells at Eastern Kentucky, who I think might have been Stoops' first choice because he does have a lot of recruiting ties to Tennessee. There's familiarity. He previously worked on the staff. Uh, so I think that was that's the reason why he was one of the candidates. And then you had uh, what's perceived to be Liam's Cohen candidate and Zach Yenzer, who checks a lot of boxes um, and also has connections to Stoops. Um, you know, he starts his career as a GA for John Sarman at Troy, uh, and then he hitched his wagon to Sonny Dykes, who coached for Mike Stoops and with Mark Stoops at Arizona. He was the offensive coordinator. Mark was the defensive coordinator. So there's familiarity and scheme. He bounced around with him for like three or four stops. But the big thing here is he's a Kyle Shanahan guy. He spent his last three years in San Francisco. Um, The schemes, the the run-blocking schemes that they use are obviously some of the best in football. Like Shanahan is a wizard when it comes to running the football. Uh, And in large part, it's it's scheme-based. And I, I think Cohen respects the hell out of what Shanahan does. So he went and got a Shanahan disciple to help improve his offense. And and I think ultimately this was a this was a chance where he, Stoops got to give Liam some rope, got to give him some leeway, some autonomy in making this hire. And I, I think that's big on not only keeping Cohen, but also helping the offense continue to push forward by just saying all right, Liam, I, I do trust you wholeheartedly. This isn't uh, the old school stoops where we question how much authority he had in that room. He 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 made the last offensive line coach hire. It didn't work out well. Now he's handing the keys to Cohen, who not only found a guy that schematically checks his box, but also should understand the way that the big blue wall operates because he got his start coaching football with John Sharma. Love hearing all of it. Love that you're allowing Cohen to have a little bit of a leash or longer leash, I guess, depending on how you look at it. And you need the the offensive line to continue to be a strength, a reliable strength within the program. It's nice just not having to worry so much in the trenches over the last several seasons. It allows you to attack and focus on some other areas, and you continue to kind of check those boxes make strides in these different areas and you feel like you can keep competing in the East. So don't need the offensive line quality to take a dip. If nope. you're, if you're on board with it and you think the coaches are on board with it and they, everybody likes this hire, then I don't know enough to 
poke a hole at it one way or another. So hopefully you folks will be right and we'll go into this season. Offensive line play continues to be the sh- a strength because we do know Kentucky's got the players, maybe still need a body or two, uh, which would help. And maybe, I don't know, does this guy have any – this guy have any former connections of players that he can go pluck from somewhere uh, coming from the NFL ranks? Maybe, maybe not, but you may need one more body or two, but assuming you take care of that, you get one more guard than you should be able to, to rock mm-hmm. and roll. He's from, uh, he's from tackle, not guard. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's from Northern Kentucky and I appreciated the reaction on social media because if you were going to poke a hole, you'd be like, well, he's never really recruited the area. Even so, a lot of coaches in the area were just like, love this hire, great hire, uh, because he would work those summer camps. Um, and I, I appreciated one story guy shared where they were out of Gatorade and that somebody locked their keys in the van. So he just ran down the street to the gas station, picked up Gatorade and brought it back for everybody else. So like, uh, I, he, I think the uh, a big thing that Freddie really wanted was somebody who gets it. And uh, it's probably safe to say that even though you're getting some guy who spent a lot of his career on the West Coast, uh, he's from here. Uh, he he I, he's going to get it. So uh, it might take a little time to get things right because he is breaking in a new center and two new tackles uh, next year. But ultimately, if if this if if this hire sticks to the landing, then uh, man, I I don't think it should be a, a significant long term drop back setback whatsoever keep pushing forward big men lead the way for the kentucky football program justin do you want to add any insight into the hire great hire yeah <laughs> love it <laughs> it's gonna make all the difference get that big blue wall stronger than ever yeah bigger and bluer and wallier than ever well, let's it. get to this thornton's text line 502-414-1450 remember to download the app save yourself three cents at the pump each and every time you go become a res- refreshing rewards member and thornton's will take care of you there's one on every corner popeye thornton's on your way into the office today all right let's get to this thornton's text line 502-414-1450 eric church at the yum on friday night nice of him to give that arena something to cheer about this year he wore a red scarf and said this is for you guys and it got a few cheers at first followed by a huge chorus of booze and a go big blue chant he thought it was hilarious and said no good deed goes unpunished once again, proves there's more Kentucky fans in the city. Hashtag suck it cards. Wow. Wow. I, I would also he, think that uh, I, I don't know if that proves that necessarily. I mean, like country what, music fans from all over are going to be traveling to the Yum Center. Like if you're in E-Town and you're an Eric Church fan, you're driving up. Like you're, I don't know. Yeah. Did either, not, did not, either I mean, you all go? No, I had, did, did I, not had, go. I had a few friends go. They they said it was a good time. Said that Eric Church was like an hour and 30 minutes late, though. I that felt was, like I was the only one in the city that did not go. Yeah. Oh, man, um, getting a little FOMO, Justin? I would have oh, thought definitely. you'd be there, Justin. That That's right up my alley for sure. Yeah. I went to an Eric Church concert at Rupp Arena back in, I don't know, it was probably like 2014, something like that. It was pretty good. That's, that's that was my primary church listening days. Not a big biggest fan as him now. I mean, he's wearing scarves for Christ's sakes. Like, <laughs> come on. But you wouldn't want him going to Rupp Arena saying something about UK and it getting booed and a bunch of U of L no, fans no. cheering and hooting and hollering. 
you're exactly right. Yeah. Well, yeah. that just but, wouldn't happen because there's not as many. Yes, and and oh, Roush is wearing a scarf. What's wrong with the scarf? It was cold. Yeah, so? you're freezing Friday night. You're it's a arena. Move around a little. Get the blood pumping. What you, like, he just forgot to take it off when he got in. Are you anti-scarf? I'm anti. Like I just, I'm anti. Yes, and first and foremost, yes, I'm anti-scarfs. <laughs> oh my god! There's no men with scarfs. Anti-men with scarfs. Heavens. Uh, women are much colder. Uh, humans, they need them. Men do not, especially indoors. What are you doing wearing a scarf indoors? Especially if you're a country music singer, and they just more proof that like. In order to become a successful country music singer, you got to become a pretty boy. And Eric Church has become way too pretty boy for me in recent years. Way too poppy. He's not I, the same old. I strongly old Eric disagree with all that. I think scarves can look great on men. I think mm. you can wear a scarf inside if you want. I think you can do whatever you want. I think you can even be a country music star and wear a scarf. Nope. Anti-scarf here. Not in Roush, not in Roush's America. Another texter on the Thornton Stex line says, this is setting up so perfectly for Auburn to be upset early in the tournament. Take them away from their home court, and they are extremely beatable. Oh, Boy, they were lucky man. to beat Georgia. That, how shocking was it that that ref did not call a charge on the last possession? Like, it takes a lot of self-control for an official not to call a blatant charge but you know what? Good for him to make sure that number one seeds, that number one team stayed alive. Uh, Katie Johnson is going to shoot them out of, uh, I don't know if it's round or 32 or sweet 16, but I wish, I wish there was a way you could wager for a team not to make the final four. I would put all of King Solomon's gold on Auburn losing early in the NCAA tournament. That, this texture makes a great point. Uh, suck it, Auburn. Well, I certainly hope the Texas right. I hope that they're an early out. It'll be hilarious. I don't know if I've ever seen, and may, maybe there's been a Duke year, maybe it was the 2015 Kentucky year, but I don't know if I've collectively seen college basketball so much all in on a team losing. Like, you know, I follow fans <laughs> from other schools, obviously follow a bunch of Louisville fans. But just, you know, Tennessee folks as well. Just anytime Auburn's on the rope, just seeing my timeline of everybody just hoping Auburn loses. Uh, it's going to be hilarious. It's going to happen sooner than later, at least from a regular season standpoint. They've got some tough road games uh, coming up that I'm just sure they'll, if, if they could nearly and should have lost to Georgia, then they'll, they'll slip up one of these times. Will it be enough for Kentucky to come back and, be able to tie the SEC or finish first in the SEC. It'll be tough. It'll be challenging. Already got a two-game head start, and with only playing one game against them, they have the tiebreaker. Now, if Kentucky and Auburn just tie, both would get to claim an SEC championship, but even if they tie, Auburn would get the tiebreaker for the number one seed. If, that's, if you're curious about that stuff or you care about that stuff, that's how that would unfold. But I've never seen collectively – uh, so many people be anti a certain team. So whenever they do lose, and I still think they're really, really good, but whenever they do lose, whether regular season and more importantly, the tournament, it's going to be hilarious, Roush, and I could not wait for it. What's surprising, too, is that you normally don't get the universal vitriol for a non-blue blood. Um, I, I, You kind of got that towards the end with Gonzaga some last year, uh, but that, I, I feel like that was – in a very like it wasn't as widespread as you mentioned and it's probably because of bruce pearl right like people just don't like him because he's a 
cheater. Well, the media likes him. They love him because he just, he, you know, he gives them great stuff. He gives them easy content. Uh, he's he's an entertainer, uh, but he's a cheater. And people forget that. People forget that Bruce Pearl is a cheater. So just we need to remind more and more people that Bruce Pearl is, in fact, a cheater. Uh, how come there's not the SEC bias with you all in basketball like there is with football? Like in football, bowl season, you're all like, yeah, SEC, it just means more. You all root for every SEC team to win. Now with basketball, it's the opposite. Is it because it's one tournament and it all just funnels into each other? Or Well, some of it is just we're just being goofy. But I think because in football, we just want the world to know that they're not playing the same sport. SEC is head and shoulders better than everybody else. And the sooner you accept it, the better your life will be because it's it, it just means more. SEC football is NFL light. Everybody else is playing a different game. Uh, secondly, in basketball, it, the nature of the like we are the big dog, and we want everybody to bow down to us. So if somebody starts to threaten our autonomy, like Florida did in the, with Billy Donovan in the mid two thousands, we want them taken down. We're going to hate them. We're going to hate Joe Kim Noah. We're going to hate Katie Johnson. That's just that. That's how things operate. So it is a little bit different because basketball is our territory, Justin. That was that was a great explanation. That's all I was looking for. I just I was a little curious. In the SEC love, Justin, you should know this by now, but it's we just do it because everybody else gets so annoyed by it. But but Roush is right. It, it's not so much like a sense of pride as it is like, hey, we're just we're trying to tell you all that the SEC is just better than these other conferences when it comes to football, and you guys will find out when the games happen. Uh, but the fact that folks get so triggered by it, a lot of people just kind of play into it more. So <laughs> that, makes sense. Yeah. That, that plays a role as well. Another texter, 502-414-1450. Uh, this is from Robert. Hey, Robert, does anyone else notice Cal getting on chin on the bench for standing up and yelling instructions at, at players? Well, he did it the um, – was it at Kansas that he did it where Chin was really far out there on the bench or was that the Vandy game on Tuesday? Uh, I didn't notice it Saturday, though. I didn't see that on well, Saturday. And, and I think it's too the benches were on the wrong – That that's a weird pet peeve of mine when the view of the game – like the benches – I should be able to see the benches on my television, but they instead had fans over there and the benches were um, on the other side of the court. Uh, but I think some of it too, Robert, is that you can get in trouble if you've got people standing up on the benches. Like it's always like the head coach is really supposed to be the only one standing up, walking up and down the sidelines. So maybe that's part of it. I don't think he's like scolding chin for coaching. That's what you Kirby pay says. Heads up. Baylor has eight fouls, almost four minutes into the second half at Kansas. Thank goodness we didn't get to that. Get that whistle. Man, they got smoked. Whew. Like a thirty-five point loss. So yeah. Kentucky transit property seventy points better than Baylor. That was really disappointing. That was one of the games I was looking forward to the most on Saturday, and it was such a letdown. Oh, uh, the North Carolina game too. That went exactly to script. Oh, they're yeah. so bad. Yeah. God, what was what, what what was Duke favored in that game by? Three points. It was crazy. What? Oh gosh, what was I thinking? Yeah, Man. I mean, I, I had a nice little Saturday. Um, the Louisville game, the Duke game. I, I didn't understand that Duke line for the life of me. I don't know if they just thought that UNC be, UNC has debatably not beaten a tournament team all year. That's that's not like it, it depends if Michigan's a tournament team or not. That's their best win is Michigan. So 
I, I don't know what, and and then they've mostly just been blown out by the good teams that they've played. I mean, Kentucky blew them out. I don't know mm-hmm. why they thought that things were going to be different just because they were going to be playing a home game, but uh, that was easy money. Yeah, Duke, Duke the, annihilated Duke's them. grandson got in the game. That's how bad it was. Oh, man. It's a clown show. Absolute clown show. Hubert Davis, man, he just is – keep him there as long as you can, North Carolina. Really oh, need him to be your coach. That's the thing. Is that, gosh, they're in a tough spot if you're UNC. Like places like Kentucky, UNC, Duke, they really shouldn't have a bad year, but Duke and Kentucky did last year. UNC is this year. It's In basketball, it should be easy, especially with the transfers now that you shouldn't have two bad years in a row if you're a true blue blood. But if you're UNC, what faith do you have in Hubert figuring this out for year number two? You wouldn't have Bacot. You wouldn't have a lot of those players. Or do you pull the plug on what was everybody kind of shook their head at that hire to begin with? Do you pull the plug on that after year one, go get Wes Miller like everybody thinks you're going to do? and you're probably back closer to normal sooner than later. I don't know. Tough decision for UNC, though. Yeah, Bacot, man, that guy, he can – he really strikes me as kind of a – some of it's just the U of L game, but when I watched him and Walker Kessler play, I feel like I would prefer Kessler. Kind of – Oh, yeah, UNC – well, UNC fans, I don't know if they would have said after last year, I will pref- I prefer Kessler to Bacot because Bacot was like preseason All-American and stuff like that. But watching him today, I don't think there's really any – I mean, Bacot's still good. Without him, UNC is probably has a losing record on the year. But I, why not Bofa? You know, have both of them on the front hey. line. And then remember, you also had Garrison Brooks. So you had a UNC front court that went from Bacot to Garrison Brooks and Walker Kessler to just Bacot. And yeah. it's not good. And the is that, one white well, guy Kessler, <laughs> Kessler's leading the league in blocks, or re- leading the country in blocks, right? I think so. I think that's yeah. great. It's, it's definitely the SEC. I mean, it's like four or something a game. So he's he's good. He's pretty good. Yeah, Surprise. Kessler, Kessler's awesome. Yeah, I, I don't know the circumstances that, that got him let him get away, but I feel like come on, Hubert. <laughs> you had him on your team, you know? Um yeah. You know what though? This does scream to me though, TJ. If it's anything like what happened in North Carolina, man, Duke's gonna be so bad at basketball next year. Who is Duke? They're gonna be They're good. Doing the same thing. They should stink. Now the no. difference is though is yeah is uh yeah what's his name's actually Shire's recruited. Um, how yes. Duke will be good. So, sadly, it's so weird that they have him doing the interviews. Like I, I don't know, just the whole dynamic of this farewell tour just pisses me off. Like I just hate Coach K so much, and it just everything about it just annoys the bejesus out of me. Like, well, you only have a little over, hopefully, a month to go. Oh, and he just gets a beat up on bad ACC teams on his way out the door. Suck it, Coach K. Uh, Texter, 502 414 Refs are starting to play hero ball in the second half with Oscar. My man gets murdered every play with nothing called, and he breathes on somebody and gets the whistle. How funny was that ref who hopped on one foot to call a travel? I mean, it was a travel, but... <laughs> He had to like. Oh yeah, nope. super animated. <laughs> you see it all the time. Oh gosh, Oscar struggling inside more than I would like. 
Yeah, and I think some of it is the frustration of getting beat up. And when you're getting beat up like that, you it, it does make you lose a little bit of touch around the rim. Um, because you're you're having to fight so much to just to stand your ground. Um, because he did he missed a lot of layups. I think he finished the night like four of thirteen, and that was because he got a dunk at the very end to get him another double double. But he 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 struggled the last two games. But hey, I actually here here's another fun Nick Roush take that I think you'll agree with TJ. I kind of like where Kentucky's struggling right. Like the best players aren't playing very well right now. And I, I like that in early February. It's it's yeah. almost like a dumb, like, save the good shots for later. I know that sounds kind of dumb, but uh, if you're going to go through something, get it out of the way in early February. Yeah, not no no kind of dumb about it. I mean, it's 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 just a dumb take all the way around. But, no, I'm kidding. I, 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 <laughs> but I, you, know, I think, you don't want the Devin Booker February in, in February. You want it to be in March. Sure. Uh, ideally, you'd like to just be playing well and have everybody playing well, but that's not how sports work. It's not how basketball works. And I think the, the the polished up way to say what you're saying is that you're finding ways to win without playing great offense. And that's important because we know this team can play great offensively. We've seen it, the Kansas game, Tennessee game, two uh, in the last month that have happened. And it's just if you can find ways to win ugly, that's awesome. You know there's going to be days where you're hitting shots, and when you do that, you're you're probably, for all intents and purposes, just going to be unbeatable. And I look forward to that. I do think Oscar just needs a game where his guards are hitting from outside, and then that's going to basically force panic a defense into feeling like they have to abandon Oscar on the block. And instead, go out on the perimeter. I think he need. I think he would stand as he's in his little slump right now. Oscar is, which his little slump is still double doubles, dominating the glass, uh, being infectious. Rebounds. Yeah, like being a good teammate and <laughs> all that teammate. stuff. Yeah, just yeah, all, all that. You know, his bad games are still just truly unbelievable. Yeah. I, I so think Peter Wheeler's bad game was seven assists. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I think offensively, Oscar would benefit from his guards knocking down some shots and opening things up for him. I think as the outside has been kind of shut down for Kentucky the last couple of games, Oscar inside has had a lot more trouble to deal with. So if they can space out a defense and obviously everybody's going to look better if UK is hitting eight or nine or 10 threes in a game. But I think if the, I think once the guards start to kind of turn it on, you're going to see Oscar start to play a little bit better on the block. I think those things, are not mutually exclusive. I think they go hand in hand with one another. So uh, a little Oscar take for you, but I do agree with you that, hey, the the shots are going to fall at some point. There's going to be games where Kentucky just can't miss and everything feels like it's going in. Win those games where those aren't happening, and that's what Kentucky's been doing. Oscar had four steals too. Like This guy is – even in his, his lows, he's still really, really good, and that's why he's the best player in all of college basketball. Yeah, it's fun to watch, fun team to watch, really likable group as well. And you, you're feeling even the 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 hashtag with the whiners, they're, they're getting less and less to whine about. You feel like the fan base kind of coming together, which should be a really fun March run. And Kentucky only, what, eight regular season games left on the, on the schedule? Close. 
Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 getting here sooner than than you would think. We're gonna head to our last break. We'll come back. We'll finish up this Thornton's text line. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Either Walker Nick Rouse Justin Kane. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. No sports, no rock, no information. For mindless chatter, we're your station. I got my first real six string. Boy, it at the five and done. Played it till my fingers bled. Was it from Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. Call. 96.1 FM, one final segment, TJ Walker. Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Which one of you two are going to Salsaritas today? Uh, don't think I can make it happen today. Justin. Oh, Justin. I, I've got a, I have a super busy day. I have to work after this, and then I have a doubleheader what? broadcast tonight. I, I, I'm just not going to have time. Doubleheader broadcast? Yep. Who we got on the slate? Got a North Oldham, South Oldham. Girl oh, boys. Rivalry. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Looking forward to it. Oh, uh, you don't go if you're a South Oldhamer, you don't go to the north side of Oldham County. And if you're in <laughs> North Oldham, you wouldn't be caught dead going to the south side of Oldham County. Good yeah, thing you, I'm you, neither, you, so I'll be at North Oldham tonight. Oh wow. You <laughs> tell those dragons to stay out of Goshen, by God. Oh goodness gracious. You be careful, Justin. That rivalry, it's as heated as any in the in the whole state. Um Oh, gosh, people in that county, they really don't like the other side. So good, <laughs> good luck with that. Justin, it seems like maybe the Middletown Salsaritas. You could just go right through the drive through line. Uh, you know, Middletown, not too far away from Oldham County. That could be your best option. You know, they've got two locations in Louisville, St. Matthews and Middletown. Yeah, no, yeah. I know. And Middletown's normally my location. And I, I that's where I went last week when – did I even tell you all I got a quesadilla from Salsaritas last week for the first for time? For the first time? Oh, my gosh. That will be a staple moving forward. That chicken, it's already so good. But when you get it in its most basic form in a quesadilla with just cheese, oh, so, so good. So, so good. Yeah, it's a game changer. It, it really is. There's nothing than Salsaritas. You can download it online on the app. Download the Salsaritas app. It's going to save you some money. They got two locations, Middletown and St. Matthews. And go get yourself some delicious fresh Mexican today. Roush, we've got a lot more text to get to. Any other quick hitters on the show you want to bring up? Uh, just uh, a lot of good reviews from Luke Fortner's Senior Bowl. Uh, performance. So uh, I'm going to try to dig up some of those today to s- just to see what the, the analysts are saying, but heard a lot of good things. Uh, sounds like he's going to make sure he's getting picked in this NFL draft and kind of a mid round type deal. So uh, happy to hear it from Luke. All right. Here's a texture on the. Hitter. Oh, yeah. Go oh, ahead. I don't, get, I don't get any quick hitters. That's cool. <laughs> no, you I was actually just gonna Good point. The NFL Pro Bowl sucks. And if I'm spending money on one thing in that weekend, I'm going to the skills competition over the actual game. Horrible. I mean, what, what, yeah. Horrible. Uh, when did they yeah. change the playing two-hand touch? I mean, I don't remember that being a thing. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean the Pro I, Bowl I never, hasn't been good in 25 ever. years. I guess I haven't watched it in 24. Yeah, it, that's uh, it's bad. I did hear that uh, Micah Parsons beat Tyree Kill in a 40-yard dash. That's kind of 
Tyreek didn't run. He wasn't trying. Oh, hmm. well, that's, that's convenient. Yeah. It, it is smarter than to move it to Vegas, though, because, I mean, it's basically you just get to go. You're in Vegas. Why not see an exhibition of NFL players? Like, they're not really caring, but it'd be kind of fun just to see him up close in person. So uh, that's the only reason why that, that game is worth anything. And, hey, it's still going to get great ratings. It's going to be hilarious that it's going to be – the Pro Bowl will be one of the most watched sporting events – or one of the most watched th- events on TV all year. Hilarious. That is hilarious. Uh, hilariously dumb. People need to find <laughs> better things to watch. A texter says, I love Oscar – but when we lose, it's going to be because he doesn't provide what you need from a national championship five. Limited offensively and doesn't protect the rim. He's the third best player on our team. Any assertion he's national player of the year is simply looking at things through blue glasses. I mean, what a dumb, stupid take. Goodness gracious, Texture. He didn't finish well. If he did, he's 30 and 14. Like, you're crazy. <laughs> Such a bad take. My goodness. Uh, probably Ooh. just trying to get you riled up, I'd imagine. Oh, no. It was a bad take. Another texture says, another gritty road win for the Cats. How spoiled are we that Damian Collins, a total afterthought on this team, comes in and scores 10, including 6 of 6 from the line? One thing I noticed on offense, Bama had a defender draped on Grady the entire game. While that hurt his production, it was basically 4-4 four and four on the U.K. offensive end, and the Cats thrived in it. I wouldn't say thrived in it. They still didn't have a great offensive night. Uh and I will say, too, that I was disappointed that he didn't hold the ball and just go to the free throw line at the end. I, I, as someone who watched him make the half-court shot and sink a bunch of threes from the benches, it was like, let me put a little wager on the Kellen Grady, Grady over points total, and uh, he just needed one more bucket to hit it. Didn't get there. So that was unfortunate. Oh, that is unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm the guy though, like seeing that it's the same thing as like going through a drive through and they're promoting like try our new blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh well, I gotta try it now. I just saw it. Like that that's I'm my brain is that dumb sometimes. So I fell for it and uh, I shouldn't have gone all in on on, on Grady uh, on Saturday because they did. They 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 tagged him, they didn't let him get anything easy all night long. And you saw that with and you Alabama, I mean, again, Kentucky only scored 66 points, but you saw at times the beauty of this Kentucky offense where they it seemed like for 20 seconds in the shot clock, they would be playing good defense on everybody. But between Wheeler or Washington, there would be one breakdown, and Kentucky wouldn't always make them pay by hitting the shot. But it, it is really hard to defend this group for – 30 seconds on a shot clock, assuming, you know, you've got, I don't know if this is technically even Kentucky's best lineup, but I think for all intents and purposes, we should go ahead and roll with it. But Wheeler, Washington, Grady, Brooks, and Oscar, it's really hard to be able to defend all five of those guys for 30 whole seconds. One's going to break down or one, one defensive guy is going to help over switch off or get caught sleeping a little bit. And you just got too good of passers You've got two good of shooters, and they've learned to play with one another. Basketball IQ, not an issue, not even close to what it was last season. It's a fun group. It's a really good group, and they can win in a variety of ways. Uh, but agree with you, Texter, that uh, that you've got uh, – it could be anybody. It could be anybody in any given night. And, and they try to shut down Grady while some other guys had some success. Even Grady did. Oh, I, saw, I saw the uh... – I've seen him bring George home. I've seen a couple of them. They're tweeting. Oh, they're, 
they're out there. <laughs> they're out there. I haven't seen any of them yet. Oh, just just go to hash. Just look up hashtag bring Jurich home. Okay. Um, they're out there. Bring Jurich. <laughs> oh man, people. No, I I don't know if any of these people like one of the person's uh, accounts was just like licensed cosmetology. I think it's a lot of two hundred follower kind of people. You know, um, not like big big influential swinger you know one of those but it's still funny just to see people actually copy and pasting it <laughs> but you know what we need to do is we need to copy and paste it oh we do that you know oh, if you man. and i do that it'll be pretty funny let's do it why not <laughs> i want to make sure the one i'm copying and pasting oh man <laughs> Oh, All right, yeah. I'm gonna hit send on it. There we go. Tweet sent. Why? Why is physical therapy in this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Boy, we we certainly think we're a lot funnier than we actually are. <laughs> Oh gosh, we really do. This is <laughs> a texter says, I'm trying to watch this Gonzaga BYU game, but it's like watching an AU game in a shared gym or Graves County High School versus Murray State in a random high school gym. It's just so boring. Man, I didn't realize I thought BYU was better, but they they don't have a great record. They don't have a great team, and they got absolutely annihilated by Gonzaga. So the, hey. But I did watch college basketball pretty much all day, which was one beautiful and just really I'm just I'm I don't know. I don't know if I've ever been itching for March as badly as I am this year. Uh, so pumped up, but having all day basketball, a bunch of different good games on Saturday was a real treat. The, uh, the uh, I I think some of it, too, it, it just takes a while to get the transition. Sat days like Saturday are just I mean. It's it's fueling me up for March and being without it for two years. We're hungrier than ever before. Can't wait for the Big Blue Nation to experience the madness once again. Ah, it's going to be great. A texter five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Watching Grady play dribble drive when he can shoot threes from outer space. Uh, they had some successful dribble drive on Saturday. Yeah, guys got open. Well, yeah, it actually was kind of fun to watch. You haven't seen much of that at UK period, but uh, always fun when you kind of get it in the, I mean, you have seen plenty of dribble drive, but that was like the stereotypical, what people think of when they think of dribble drive. You saw some of that. And that was, that was neat to see. Uh, mm -hmm. Sorry, Scooch. Kofi put the hurt on the Hoosiers. Yeah, he did. Man. Guy's good. He's a monster. He's a, mm -hmm. he's a big guy. Big he guy. is a big, yeah, he is. Uh, Man, like ugly too. I mean, it was, it was like, oh, this this could be something at halftime, and then just man, those wheels got spinning. R.I.P. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Oh, they're doing just a good old fashioned. Just have everybody tweet out the same thing campaign. I mean, how often does it work? Never. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh man, man. <laughs> Oh, man. This is like this is dumber than signing a petition. <laughs> oh gosh. 
Oh boy. This is this is <laughs> I can't get over it. This is gonna be a great week. Great day. And part of it is like even the the you know the Mike Rutherford three to six here on Big X Sports Radio, like the serious people, it probably is worth like, okay, listen. If he is interested in coming back, is it something we should consider? How much should we consider? Like, it actually, you know, is probably worth having a conversation. That being said, it just has to kill them knowing that UK fans are just mocking them, trolling them all along the way. So it's not even like they can really have a conversation among themselves. Uh, they're a mess. They're a total and complete mess. And it's uh, interesting and hilarious to see it all unfold. Man. Gosh. Whew, I can't Texter, I'm just catch my breath. Texture says Auburn's time will come and it's going to be great. Oh, it will be. They will. That's it. That's the thing about March Madness is everybody's time will come except for one team's, but definitely Auburn. We'll have some fun with it when they lose a regular season game, but when they lose in March, oh man. <sighs> you got to remember, yeah. this is the same fan base that went to go toilet paper their trees in a Final Four game only to find out that they lost the final four game uh, makes for one of the most hilarious videos on the internet. Uh, that Virginia game back in, unfortunately 19 should have been Kentucky there anyways, but mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a good time. The texture said, should be worried about Cohen to San Francisco. Well, Nick Roush said, absolutely. You should be scared as bleep. I don't know if scared as bleep, but um, yeah, I mean, if uh, that's a very attractive job, I think, William Cullen likes some uh, some McDaniel, so um, yeah. no quarterback. Yeah, I, th- I think that would have a lot to do with it. Like, do you think Trey Lance is good? Did they officially get Maybe. rid of Garoppolo? Uh, sounds like they're gonna get rid of him. Okay, okay. If but, we can yeah, get this. Or, uh, yeah, it, it'll uh, maybe they'll get Aaron Rodgers. A texter, Ooh. if we if we can get this type of production from our backup bigs, Damian or Lance, our team becomes that much more dangerous, productive, and huge minutes from Collins. So, yeah, he was he was big on Saturday. It was fun to watch, and he's just a freak too. He can do some things that other players can't. So, uh, more minutes for him, I say. Oh man, that's a spicy take, TJ. Thank Whew, you. Slow down. That's why you come to the Kentucky roll call. Texter on the Thornton Texan. Indiana might have lost, but ESPN showed a highlight of the Watford shot, so I know they were happy. IU always wins whenever that shot is shown. I did notice that too, Scoots. Like they had, they had to shoehorn that watch shot in there somewhere. It's anytime Indiana's on ESPN, they're going to show that, and and I'm, I don't want to say I'm over it because it does still bring a nice smile to my face every time I see it, but I'm I'm kind of over it. Like we don't need to, we don't need to see it as frequently as we did. I know, like, why Why aren't you showing you have a national championship game-winning shot in your history? Why isn't that one shown? Because it wasn't at the, wasn't at Assembly Hall. Not as recent, either. You don't get the, well, I mean, as much as it pains me to say, because it was UK's last championship, but 10 years ago, now over 10 years ago for the watch shot, and that's not, that's not yesterday, buddy. <laughs> oh, Indiana. Texter. Thornton Sexton says, Tata is obviously hitting that mid-January to February slump that a lot of freshmen hit, but I think Cal was smart to play through him a lot in order to try to build his confidence back. To win it all, we need Tata to be the efficient scorer he has shown he can be. I think a lot of that too, TJ, just comes from the, the overall wear and tear on a season that these guys go through. Uh, I mean, I, I, 
I'm sure that Ty Ty isn't used to playing. What game was that? Like game 28 or something like that? Yeah, it's been it's been a lot. Yeah, so that's usually that's a full season for uh, that that that's typically a full high school season, and you're you're just kind of having to to push through that wall, push through that wall. So, so get get through this, and uh, you know, the, Ty Ty and the entire team will be better for it. Yeah, it's game 23 for Tata and this Kentucky basketball team. Like we've talked about, if he's going to be slumping, now is the time to do it. But he's still, you know, bad shooting night, still finished with 15 points, was UK's leading scorer and the leading scorer in the game. So, again, if this is off night, and I agree that he did not have a good shooting night, pretty impressive still uh, for him. But I I think everybody at UK land is feeling like a 30-point game from Tata is coming at some point because he's the only player that I I think it doesn't really matter how you defend him. If he's on, he's going to be scoring. And if he's not on, then he'll be missing. But like you can drag somebody all over Grady and make things difficult for him. If you wanted to do that with Mints, you could do that with Mints as well. If you want to double down and make life just incredibly obnoxious for Oscar, he's still going to get some rebounds, but you can you can make his shooting nights tough. Tata is the only one where I think it, if he's actually feeling it, you can't really stop him. Um, and the good news is UK has been winning, and he hasn't really been feeling it. So he's still – a big game is going to be coming sooner than later for him. I can just feel it. Deep down in my plums. A texter says, coming in the air tonight. Commentator, the length has bothered Oscar tonight. Replay clearly shows Bariaco hooking his arm and Oscar every time they go for a rebound. Yeah, he's going to have to deal with that stuff. It's just that he's been dealing with it up to this point. It's not going to change. Um, I thought the officials did a fine enough job, all things considered. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. I don't get too worked up in wins. Alabama shot more free throws and um, Kentucky. Well, had the foul count, I think was right about the same, but um, it was fine. Whatever. They, they, they fell for Kentucky's charges too, you know? So, Oh yeah. There's a couple that I was like, come on, UK, don't do that. You can see it coming a mile away. Like, don't um, do that. A texter says, thank you, COVID. You thought us that's, you taught us that sportsmanship is overrated. You don't need to shake hands with someone after you just lost to. After a hard-fought game, I always hated shaking hands with the team that beat us. And when I won, I loved it because I could be smug. Old heads making guys shake hands for stupid reasons is outdated. I disagree. I, I think if you can't shake hands with the people you're competing against, then you probably need to take a step back from sports. While kids and stuff, you don't really think about it or you don't really care. And at the end of the day, I don't care. If they don't shake hands, that's fine too. But anybody can, everybody should be mature enough to go shake hands after a game. And then the fact that they don't do it for COVID's sake is hilarious. Like, let's all sweat up on each other, share the same basketball, hug, shake hands, push each other, do all that stuff. But then after the game, like a post-game handshake, that's where we draw the line. That's too much. Oh, man. Uh, one text from Thornton's text on says, Roush, Bluey is good, but Spidey and his amazing friends is great. My daughter's favorite show is Spidey right now. And if you're a Marvel fan like my wife and I, you'll be happy when Tennessee, or maybe it's Duke, makes the switch. Oh, that was that was a nice little jab there at the end, Texter. Uh, Bluey's great. TJ, you're going to want to get uh, Lucy watching Bluey whenever she starts uh, liking TV. Uh, great show. Great show. Funny stuff for for moms and dads, too. Uh what on the less kitty side did you watch uh wolf getting the 60 minutes shine last night 
I did see parts of it. Yes. It was uh, normally like as of late, I, you know, I've got COVID news fatigue. And so typically stuff like that, I don't pay attention, but it was the city of Louisville. They went inside the U of L hospital and they weren't showing COVID patients, but really just the stress that nurses have been put under and that profession in general, uh, really well done. And I think it was, instead of making it all about COVID, it was like, Hey, listen, we're, we're going to face a nurse shortage and it's going to be a problem for years to come if, if we don't do something about it. So mad respect for nurses everywhere, but it, uh, especially in our city, the, the ones who have really taken charge and, and answered the call. I appreciate you. Thank you for what you're doing out there. Um, you don't get it often enough, but it's a, it's a terribly, extremely, incredibly difficult job and, and you're doing God's work. So thank you for all you do nurses out there. There's Roush's special message to the nurses of the world. Uh, Texter says, just seeing that Oscar tied the record for most rebounds ever in an Alabama gym. Once again, he is dominant, even in an off night. I just don't see NBA teams not wanting a guy like Oscar on their team. Enjoy him while he's here, folks. That should be a message, really, for any good player in a UK jersey. Um, mm -hmm. Enjoy him while they're here. And yep. I did not know that. 15 rebounds was a record in Alabama's, in Alabama's gym. Uh, Shocking. That was a below average rebounding night yeah. by like half a rebound for Oscar. Always want him to get 16, so he's above his average, but uh, just slightly missed it. Still a double double for him. You're right, Texter. Enjoy him. I don't think he'll be back, but if he is, that's great. But if not, just enjoy the season. He makes it look so easy. Texter says, Hey, Roush, there's six Infinity Stones, idiot. Oh, see, that's uh, my. my I, Got shown up. I'm not. I guess I'm not a big enough Marvel nerd. Uh, which, by the way, caught up on the Star Wars show. It's so good. John Favreau, he's amazing. Just keep keep doing what you're doing, John Favreau. It's better than whatever those movies they put out. The 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 Book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian, so good. Just great, great, great stuff. They're putting the heart back in Star Wars. Sports talker. I'm excited. And we got House of Dragon coming up, and we're less than two months away. It's gonna be freaking awesome. The book above a fed just seems like a Mandalorian type of show. It just seems like the same show. And I know it, that it's a continuation of it too. Okay. Like, I don't know why they had to name it a different show. Like, yes, you follow Boba Fett more, but like, it's basically the same show. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'll get back into it at some point. Hey, uh, do, do, do Louisville at Indiana will be an absolutely amazing NIT game. Suck it, Scooter. Louisville ain't getting to the NIT. Suck at Texas. Oh, but Justin wow. gu guaranteed his life earlier that Indiana also would not be getting to the NIT. I just said the tournament. NIT is included. No, you know what you guaranteed your life for. You know it. We're not backing off that. We'll talk oh, more no. about that no, tomorrow. I'm in. I'm in. Roush, my mother got me a bottle of Angel's Envy for Christmas. Jerk. Just kidding. I dropped the bottle and shattered it walking into my house. Guess I'm not missing out. How did man? That's a fragile bottle, too. And, and like you know what? I'm not. If you like Angel's Envy, fine. It's just not my favorite. It's it's down the no no far down in my pecking order. Tell them it sucks and that they've got terrible taste if they like it. John here, good. We are the best team in the country. Morning to all. Happy crazy Monday. Hey, I'm cool with whatever OJ or Kool Aid that UL is drinking because I think it's poison and it will not be a good outcome for them. <laughs> Speaking of poison, what is KRC's crew favorite '80s rock band? Or just your favorite 80s singer slash group. Well, got to go talk to you later. Def Leppard. Oh, um, that's a good call. I, I'm probably just Van Halen. And, you know, they're the they're the staple of 
Like I, I feel like they're the when I think of eighties hair bands, they're they're the number one. They're number one. Uh, Never gonna give you up is my favorite eighties song. Rick Ashley. Uh Texter says I checked the eight M Twitter blast for Tom George. There were two. Uh that's picked up a lot more now, including a famous Kentucky blogger is behind it. Uh Nick Roush. Roush, if being a successful country music artist makes you a pretty boy, how do you feel about Luke Combs or Chris Stapleton? More good old than pretty boy. As a side note, Scarves Scream more music guy, such as Steven Tyler, in my opinion. Happy Monday, folks. Yeah, I've never been a big Luke Combs guy. And uh, Chris Stapleton, yeah, okay. But still, like his, I think with all musicians, they they get worse before they get better. You know, like they're, they're usually their early stuff's really good, and then they kind of get more poppy. It's just a general... <laughs> general observation i've noticed over time uh, <laughs> somebody switched out the uh bring george home to bring noah peterson home oh <laughs> 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 uh, it's a funny fan base a texter says tc from lexington here can we acknowledge the high quality content from uk main twitter account after the bama win oh you almost got it you got to be quicker than that yeah, I think Beisner's running that stuff. It's hilarious. Another mm-hmm. texter says, Frankfurt Morgan gets... Anson from Titan Lance, too. That was good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, Frankfurt Frankfurt gets a lot of hate, but Oldham County can suck it. That place is awful. Yeah, uh, Oldham... Suck Oldham County, especially people who live there, like Johnny. Man, Johnny can really suck it. A lot of people say Oldham County, the prettiest county in Kentucky. I like Oldham County. Every time I've been, I've I've really... It's quiet, but it's close. Quiet but close, yeah. yeah. Uh, Texter says, there was a couple of years where positionless basketball was the big buzzword around the program, but I think Cal is much more comfortable with this type of team where everyone has a defined role. Combine that with the added maturity of this team, which is lead guys to understanding and accepting their role. It's a recipe for success. That actually goes with a point that I had written down that I didn't get to today. Maybe we'll get to it tomorrow. Um, I agree with some of that text, disagree with some of it, so maybe we'll save it for tomorrow. The only way Jared should be allowed back in Louisville is handcuffs and sharing a cell with Ramsey. Um, Whoa. Walk him are, up. Those are the kind of take quakes that we love. All right, I, um, I will get to more of that second-to-last text tomorrow. We're out of time. Thanks for all the texts into the show. It's going to be another fun day in radio land here in this town of ours. Uh, we'll come back tomorrow. We'll talk about it, and we'll preview Kentucky's game on the road in Columbia against the Gamecocks. So don't go anywhere. 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. This is KRC on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. We'll be back after 23, 21, two hours. Two hours. Yeah. I can leave my trouble behind. I want to be front porch rocking with a big sun dropping in a blue sky. Kick back and get high.